everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 522. Uh, a little bit different format than has been typical here. I'm just gonna jump right into the review portion of it. However, I have done a playthrough of Scythe. I did a two-player playthrough uh, with the red and black faction, and I played through about a half a game, almost a little bit under an hour's worth of play time, even though it took me about two and a half hours to record all of it. Uh, and then I edited it back down, of course. Uh, so you can go ahead and watch that, and of course you can go and watch the watch a played video for an exhaustive rules overview if that's what you're really looking for. Uh, but I thought I'm trying to get more into doing the playthroughs and stuff. People request that a lot, uh, so I did that for this game uh, you know it's got a lot of expectation a lot of buzz and so I figured let me do something a little bit different I'm trying to jump back into it anyway this is you know as good a time as any uh, so let's just talk jump in right now about the review of it and so I think the first thing I'm going to talk about is the player count and uh, I did the playthrough with two players but I really think to get the full breadth of the experience with this game, you want to have a full table, or as close to a full table as possible. You're gonna have more opportunities for combat, more opportunities just for interaction, and you know, trying to snake out and get different territories, and you know, you're gonna have kind of things happening at different speeds. Uh, so a lot of the game is based on kind of the engine building and you know, getting your sort of action uh, efficiency down. Because as you can see, uh, if you watch the play through for example you can see the turns are actually very very quick and it didn't really dawn on me until i was editing the playthrough it was like okay take the action boom go 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 and the first i don't know several rounds of the game just kind of move at a good clip because you take one of those four possible actions move produce trade or a bolster which will increase your power so you take you know one of those actions boom take it quick but then as you get more efficient you get more production more resources then those bottom actions on that row uh, that gives you a good you know uh, sort of boost to your turn and then you've got the whole idea of the um, the uh, the enlisters uh, the recruits that you can enlist and then you know that you might trigger some bonuses or some extra bonuses for yourself and as you get more and more stuff on the board your actions again become more efficient so the game uh, is, is in large part about that and I think you can get really really focused focused on that. Uh, but then there's that other sort of overhanging kind of elf in the room of the combat. And I think I've seen games where there's not really any combat at all. Maybe there's like two battles. Or I've seen games where there's, you know, a fair amount of battles. You know, so many that I, I couldn't really count. There were probably just like, you know, maybe like six or something. Uh, so I think that's going to be interesting for folks because if you kind of come at this from a dudes on the map kind of 4x perspective and you don't have a lot of combat, I think you'll be disappointed. If you come at it from sort of a resource management, you know, Euro purely engine kind of attitude, then you're going to be disappointed maybe if there's a whole bunch of combat in that particular game. So I think the expectations are going to be really what matters. And also, if you can say this about any game, the playgroup itself is actually going to matter uh, in the people and the way that they approach the game and how they try to exploit the different factions. And that, I think it's really more apparent in this game than in many other games. A lot of other games, you know, you have the game, you, your expectations are set, and the game kind of forces you down this tunnel of a certain attitude in a way. And you, know, you can kind of even know before you've even played the game if you're going to probably get into it or not. This one I think is tricky for folks to know if they're going to like it. Uh, because if, you know, like I said, the whole Ameritrash kind of versus the, you know, strategic kind of leave me alone side of it. Uh, but I think that makes the game probably more interesting to me. And I think the game itself probably 
it's a good sign. I think, it just kind of in the back of my head, I think the game might be talked about here for several years to come because there's some interesting uh, little tricks that the game pulls off uh, to make it kind of different and kind of force players to do certain things, but it's just to kind of hold you back a little bit and then kind of let you go in a certain sense because the one thing that you'll know about the game is that you kind of start off with three territories that you can get access to. You can't move across there until you get your river walk ability and then you can go across and then you know then you kind of the world opens up to you and you're going to start having more interaction and so on. And at that moment when you do that then you become in a sense um, you know beatable or, or, or people can hit you right. And so in a lot of these kind of 4x games the the gloves are off right from the beginning and I can think as an example one game distinct in my mind that we played of Eclipse where I made a huge mistake because I was you know kind of friendly with the person sitting to my right and I just kind of was just going off and on and then made kind of a, a quick quicker stab than I should have militarily not against him but against the kind of the NPC aliens but I won, if I remember right, but then I was pretty wide open. He's like, you know, I could just wipe you off the map right now. And I was like, yeah, you could, but he says it's not really in my best interest, you know, so he didn't. I think he was kind of trying to make, keep the game fun for me. But some of those other kind of games, you can have that where you can kind of get a little bit loose and the game will hit you back a little quicker than you want. And this one kind of stalls you out. Now, on the other hand, the probably the one kind of thematic breakdown for me is the whole river walk thing, uh, where it's like, you know, I have to build a special mech just to travel over, you know, the water, which is kind of strange, but it's really the only thematic breakdown for me. And then there's just a couple of other mechanical things, uh, like just the, the player boards are awesome. I mean, that is a really cool idea. I talked a little bit about that already, but you know, you take your top action and then your bottom action possibly, and then you can kind of, you can visually see the efficiency happen on your player board as you start to move cubes off the top section, which allows you to get greater benefits. You move it down to some of the parts on the bottom section, which make things cheaper. So it's just a real cool kind of synergy there. Uh, that's very, very cool and interesting to play with. And I think that's really going to get into a lot of folks that like those kind of engine building games, that whole aspect of the game is really really dynamic um, the last mechanical thing is the combat now I seem to like the combat and not everybody that I've talked to and played with has hasn't really liked the combat they it's a little bit kind of a blind bid attitude if it's a, just kind of like how it used to be in the old dune game I like that because it's okay here's the thing so this is where the game is going to either sell itself for you or it's gonna fall apart because you have to be very into the game and inside very present and uh, you kind of need somebody there to be in the aggressor because if you kind of vapor lock where people are so tight and efficient and in number crunchy with the amount of power that they might spend versus the cards that you can add to have the combat because if you're not super familiar you have this kind of blind bid and everybody sets a dial to the power and then you add some cards and that might add a little bit of power there um, you have to be willing, I think, to do it early because the game itself kind of tells you not to because you can lose some popularity and that's something you can actually do is sort of throw up workers in the way kind of moving along with your military and it's like, well, you can come attack me but these innocent people are going to be harmed and they're going to have to go back to base. You're going to lose popularity, which is huge. But I think you can kind of play with a style of let me get out there early popularity early in the game is pointless. As long as you keep that in mind, you can get it back. So if you can get out there early and really put the screws down to somebody, then that is going to change up the dynamics. So I think people need to be willing to do that and really 
open to generating power and kind of being the jerk, kind of being sort of this, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of the dictator that arises out of the ashes of this, you know, this civilization that has sort of, uh, you know, sort of a fork of civilization that's happened after World War One with these mechs. Um, so I think if you if you have those kind of dynamic personalities at the table, these you know gamer type personalities, and you have some different approaches, then the game's very very interesting in that way, where everybody's really being a tight and efficient with everything, and you kind of like have these really minuscule combats. That's not really going to be satisfying for everybody. Uh, so that's kind of a, kind of a general mechanical thing, uh, and so just to be clear, I'm on the side of I really like all of that stuff. <laughs> um, so it's very very cool sort of combination of your engine building, very kind of you know almost multiplayer solitaire kind of thing happening on your player board, and eventually we run into each other. So then when and the timing of how that happens and sort of the attitude that happens and you know and sort of when you kind of flip the switch, that's going to kind of dictate. I think the general experience of it. Now thematically, there's a couple things I really want to talk about. Um, the first thing are those encounter cards. And I was actually talking to my friend uh, Jeff of the Longview about this today. And uh, I hope he doesn't mind me speaking for him, but he, he didn't really like that. He, he, well I wouldn't say he didn't like it, but he didn't like how it didn't give you sort of a hook, a little text or something to anchor you into uh, the story of it. I thought this is probably my favorite part of the game, to be honest with you. It definitely thematically was, it just gives you a picture, a nice painting, and then you have three options. You're like, okay, so what's actually happening here? Well, you can look at the options that you can do. You can kind of be a jerk, you can kind of be nice to them, kind of middle ground, and then you will know what the painting means basically looking at it. So you might come across a family, you might come across like a dilapidated mine, or you know some other out village or something and so how you treat them is going to be you know what choice you pick and i really like that because that kind of immediately kind of hooks you into uh the story instead of like explaining it and i have to read something to somebody i can look at the painting to study the options and say okay so okay this is what happened so i came across this family i decided to enlist them in my army <laughs> you know or whatever so i can i can i can get be the one to relay the story instead of just reading so i think that's very important because sometimes uh, i usually am not the one when we play these kind of thematic games flavor tests i don't like to read everything that has going on. I feel like I'm just kind of reciting it. Uh, so I tend to kind of skim the paragraph and say, okay, this is what happened. And I kind of, you know, embellish a little bit or just kind of get to the point. Um, and I, that to me feels more interactive. Now there are other folks that I play with, they like to read it and they get into the voice of it and stuff. So I'd like to have them do it and you know, and they'll add a little flavor there. But I like that and it kind of gauges you. It's like, oh, here's a general idea what happened. And then I get to invent the rest of the story. So that does a really cool uh, mechanical shift. Uh, and so a thematic shift. And so the last thing I kind of want to mention is the uh, some of the thematics in terms of how you uh, well, let's just talk about the the whole meat shield idea of throwing up the workers all kind of along with your mechs. So you kind of get them out there and you kind of put them out there like, hey, you could come and attack me, but you're going to have to deal with the popularity loss. So that's very interesting because in a way, the aggressor obviously is the one that is instigating the attack, but you very connivingly and very Machiavellian have put your workers out there and, you know, and then causes it, you know, you could go ahead and kill these people, but you're going to take the hit for it. So that's, that's very sinister. Um, so that's a very interesting thing. And there's a lot of kind of hooks about that in the game, the way the mechanics and the thematics work, where it's very much, okay, so how are you going to exploit this situation? And I think that the game really excels 
uh, at that. And I think that, to me, is sort of the general thrust of the game that really puts it up, uh, you know, into I think it's a great game because of that. Uh, because I have this cool kind of engine ability thing. I've got some interesting combat, which is, again, very based on player dynamics. And then the, the way that the theme is presented, which is in the game is obviously gorgeous. I mean, amazing. Just, I mean, blows stuff out of the water. Like, it, I mean, the bar has really been set in terms of aesthetic, but let's, let me not diverge too much. Uh, so, the just the, the, the kind of the day-to-day -day operations of your turn and everything, uh, and the way that kind of sinks back into the mechanics, I think is a real, real definite achievement here. Uh, so that to me is what kind of lynches it in and you, you know, my, my kind of description of the encounter cards, that, that kind of thing stretches throughout uh, the rest of the game. Um, the only last two points I have are, okay, yeah, so the component production, when you see it in person, like when I saw the, the art online, everybody was really going gaga over it. I remember there was a Reddit thread when uh, Jamie Stegmeier first announced, you know, oh, I'm going to make a game based on this painting. And everybody's like, yep, I'm, I'm backing it already based on the painting. And I was like, I can see it. It's kind of an interesting idea with these mechs in like the 1920s alternate history. Um, so the production, though is uh is excellent and you, if you look at the walkthrough it's just it's just a retail version it's not like this super blinged out collector's version uh just that is fine so if you don't have the game and you're like oh do i need to get the collector's edition no you just go get the retail version it looks gorgeous you don't need all that extra junk i mean i'm sure awesome to have all that but uh you don't have to get that you don't have to go spend 100 plus dollars or whatever it is you can go get just a basic game and again the aesthetic really the bars have been set, okay? Because you think of companies that, you know, have good aesthetic. And, I, and top of my mind would be, of course, Fantasy Flight, but they have an aesthetic. They have sort of a uh, stuff that they kind of fall back on. There, there's a certain look to their games, and it's excellent. But this is this is apart from that. This is a step sideways or, or up from that. And you think of like a Plaid Hat game. They also have you know excellent aesthetic. Uh, and there's other games too. There's certain euros and things that have good aesthetics. You know, what's your game? That for their certain kind of dry, heavy strategic euros that they have, their aesthetic is really, really good. Um, this is a this is a step into I don't know if you call it artistic because it's all kind of artistic, but it's just a step in a different direction. And uh, you know you see sometimes, and it seems to be that way with Kickstarters. They kind of try to take these really kind of outside the box approaches, and I think this one really really succeeds at that. And um, in a lot of ways, it's like oh well, it looks like a Kickstarter game. It feels like a Kickstarter game. That's usually a knock. But when I say the art is taking that extra step or that sidestep, it looks like a Kickstarter game because it looks like nobody was really held in check by sort of a larger, possibly more corporate type of approach to publishing. So that's a good thing. I mean, just let think about that for a minute, you know, what Kickstarter is about, what it's for, and what you're presented with, with here. Uh, so I think that's really good. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about was the different player factions and the boards and the way those work. Uh, all the different factions have very asymmetric abilities. Everybody has a special ability and their mechs have different configurations of abilities. The way that those interact with the player boards, which actually go underneath, it's very, very, very interesting because you can get like, you know, the Roosevelt Union and you have a different player board than you did the last time you played Roosevelt Union. So the focus is gonna be a little bit different. 
and based on it. So you've got like your certain speciality that you're like, okay, I'm gonna truly try to hammer down this one activation or just one kind of approach. Like if you're playing the Saxony, you know, you can be a little bit more warlike on the blue ones. You can kind of try to get out to territories that you can't normally get to and stuff like that. So you can really try to uh, approach the same faction different ways with the different player boards. I think it's another kind of cool mechanical difference there where it's like, okay, I've got my faction board, but all my general actions are totally different. <laughs> and if I build mechs this time, I don't get any money or I get a ton of money when I build mechs or and so on. So that's a cool, very interesting, I think it's a very innovative thing actually. Um, you know, we, we start talking about most innovative game of 2016. I think that's a very innovative uh, piece there. You know, the two player boards and the one's kind of random. Uh, so there's a lot of innovation here in terms of that part and then also the encounter cards, which is, it's a little more subtle, but uh, so I could see an argument against that not being so innovative, but I think it is. Uh, so that's generally uh, my thoughts on Scythe. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely going to stay in the collection. And I, hi I highly recommend everybody play it and give it a few plays. Uh, you got to give, I think, to get into that natural feeling of it where, again, when that trigger happens, when the interaction is about to occur, you want to kind of deal with that and you want to kind of get over like what you expect to do. Um, the one kind of knock I would have, you know, because I'm kind of just being positive and I should really have a criticism if I do have one, which I do, is the end game is a little bit number crunchy because the end of the game is when that six person, uh, six star gets put out and you're like, you could put the star out and then you lose the game. Well, that kind of causes a little bit of a pause towards the end of the game is like, should I end it? Do I have to count everybody's points? And the rules even make a statement there like, you know, if people are taking their time, then, you know, like they're, they're taking like two minutes a turn or whatever because they're trying to count everybody's points and figure out if they're gonna trigger that last star. That can be a little bit wonky of an end game as well. So that would be my one, I don't know how you fix that, but that's my one kind of criticism I think that's the one kind of negative aspect of the game, and that, that might be, I think, what ends up driving most people away, uh, other than, you know, the kind of combat versus non-combat, you know, approach, which I've talked about a bunch. Um, so just be aware of that at the end of the game, the first part of the game goes super quick. It's like, bop, 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 do stuff, do stuff, do stuff, and then you start triggering cool stuff, and at the end of the game, you're like, okay, should I end it <laughs> or not? And then it gets in a little bit of a, a, a little bit of a drag there. So. Anyway, so that is uh, Scythe. Definitely go watch the, the playthrough. It's, I play through about half the game. Uh, so I kind of I think I kind of leave it as a, as a cliffhanger. The game could kind of go either way. And I tried to play it through the two different approaches. Um, so you can kind of see that sort of unravel. Uh, kinda, it, I kind of did like an engine versus combat approach. And I thought it was kind of an interesting kind of lab experiment, actually. Uh, so that is Scythe. Definitely take a look at it. Definitely give it a shot or a couple of shots. Okay, thanks.